Welcome to episode 196 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. And we got a great show tonight. We're super excited because it's Thanksgiving. You know, like we are dropping this a couple days before Thanksgiving. One of my favorite times of the year for family, football, food. You just get to sit down. And, you know, this this whole thing, Smash Accept, is a family. I'm thankful for these two guys on tonight. Mung couldn't be here, but... The OG, the man, the myth, the legend, John. Hey, you know, this is it, man. We're talking fantasy playoffs. For me, it's like it's Thanksgiving, and then boom, we hit fantasy playoffs. They're right around the corner. What's up, Smash listeners? John coming at you. I am just feeling good, Dad. This is such a great time of year. One of my absolute favorite times of the entire year. We got Thanksgiving rolling in. We got lots of football coming. And like you said, so thankful for this crew here and everybody we got coming in with the Patreon right now. It's going to be fun just mixing it up with you guys. Very thankful for Scott Fishbowl, what that does for the community as well. Made the playoffs, feeling really good about that. It's probably my best year so far in Scott Fishbowl. So, yeah, loving life and really looking forward to these playoffs coming in. Yo, year five for Scott Fishbowl for me, and this is my first time missing the playoffs. Matthew, my son. I'm going to blame it on you, man. You were helping out with the draft. You know, Dan LaMagna was, uh, you know, messing with him too much. He was off his game, but now for real, it's still just an awesome experience, you know, and uh, John, I got to ask you before we get too far in here, the 101 of side dishes for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, it's, widely it's what debated. people want to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is what they come for. I'm, I'm going to be a traditionalist here and just go with the stuffing. For yes. me, that's that's like your go-to and i'm talking like you got a nice pile of it you're going to struggle to fit anything else on the dish it's like a whole loaf of bread inside there you know what i mean you're You're probably grabbing another plate just so you can start putting the other sides in there right that's that's the situation there i love it my mom makes the best you know carol we're giving giving her a shout out on the shout out carol there we go go. you know from from og to, to to new school you know super thankful for you as well snoog like this is what is, what does Thanksgiving and football mean for you? I mean, like this is just such a cool time of year. And also, what is your 101 of the side dishes? Yeah, so we'll start out with the side dish because I'm hungry right now. It's definitely the stuffing, but I, I have to go with something a little bit different. The sweet potatoes. Okay. My aunt makes yes. Serve it up. She like she has like a she uses a cookie cutter and cuts them in like a perfect circle and then mm. bakes them. And with like the brown sugar, butter, and cinnamon all mixed in, and it's like the. Hang best on, what about the marshmallows? Do you put yeah. a little layer of marshmallows on top? Yeah. You got to, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one hundred and two. That's the yeah. one hundred and two with sides. That well, is just right. a line right. on that. Yeah. Just the traditional stuffing, and then you got got your turkey with your gravy. But I'm thankful for the Smash community, especially. It's been a pleasure to be able to create content with you guys. Talk talk on the pod about my favorite thing is fantasy football, and just talk about our players. Go through the rookies, just going through the process together. John's a guy that has been great with the rookies. Me and him, that's how we first connected. John and I was talking about Kendra Miller. Shout out John for that. And then dad taking me on for the pod and, and taking me under your wing and just teaching me how to come on here and talk my thoughts out instead of typing them. So 
I'm thankful for both of you guys, and I'm excited because now it's time to talk about playoffs. We're in week 12 now. You should know by now if you're going to be a contender or not. If you're still on that urge, make a decision. If you want to send picks for players and contend, do it. If not, start taking advantage of the players coming up on that. If you do have a trade deadline in your league, take advantage of that because Mark Andrews, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase now with Burrow down. like You have the leverage if you have veteran guys on your team. And if you're a mid-squad and you don't see yourself kind of hitting that sixth, fifth spot, then you can go ahead and capitalize on that value and sell your vets for picks. I love it. Last week, yes, Mung sir. and I covered a trade mailbag show. If you guys are in the middle, you know, we talk about being top three, bottom three. John, you know, we I hit it 100% last year. Right now, it's, it's two rebuild 101s, 13 top threes, and I got two of them right there in the middle. So I'm trying to make sure I get those two guys in the middle one way or another, and we preach that all the time. Tonight's show is going to be, you know, we're going to cover some smash or pass, keep trade cut. John, you know, keep trade cuts like new school, you know, in the uh, in the dynasty community. You and I were talking old school, right? We were talking about the magazines. Yeah. Baby. You know, talking oh, yeah. about that guy that used to show up at the draft run, running down through there. He's like, is this guy still there? No, he suspended the entire year, you know, and come in to get those. And we, I just thought it was funny because we're talking about it with Snoog. And he's like, wait, magazines? That, that was the way, man. Oh, man, there was nothing better when you're cruising through the Walgreens and it's finally showed up. The magazines are there. Bang. Get that Chris magazine in front of you. Go yeah. straight to the rankings. But, yeah, you didn't want to go too early with the magazines. Right, Dad? Because then yeah. you're missing out on injuries, suspensions. Right? right? There's always that one guy. They, they went in early and he's drafting like a whole roster of injured guys, right? Yeah, we had a guy. He took Lendale White after he tore his ACL <laughs> first day of training camp. And you're just like, ooh, the whole crowd makes that noise. You know what I mean? You know, th that's old school. That's way back in the day. When I first started this thing, we were literally looking at the newspaper the day after. I love that. that. So, oh, that's fantastic. Snoog, we just wanted to show the we were dinosaurs in this a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Let, let's talk a little bit, John. Experience and wisdom right there. Exactly. From, from that standpoint, let's start talking about these rookies, okay? Because tonight's mm -hmm. show and what we're going to do in the Patreon as soon as I'm done here is – you know, we always say this guy's worth an early first, a mid first, a late mm -hmm. first. And this is the time of year where we're starting to see what those are, right? Like that one looks like the 107. That one looks like the 109. That one looks like the 112. Let's start talking about these rookies right now. I mean, obviously we still have Caleb Williams, number one. He's a guy that right now, I mean, there are six quarterbacks I'd rather have than him. And that is it. You know, it's it's Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Herbert, Burrow, and Stroud. That's it. I have him right there in that in that next area. Talk to me about what we do after that. You know, I, there was a little bit of debate at two, three. Let's talk a little bit about the tiers. Snoog, I want you to chime in as well because I know you guys are, you know, super eager to really just jump into the 2024 class. Because 2023, John, everybody was like, ah, we're out, we're out, we're out, right? Mm -hmm. After being so touted. And we're seeing this class is deep. This class is putting up crazy numbers. And we already have a, a phenomenal looking class. And next year is going to be the same. Yeah, for sure. When you look back at this 2023 class, I think everyone's going to realize this thing really was special. And a lot of people were hating on it, especially if you remember after the draft, people start looking at landing spots. They have all these dream scenarios. And when those don't pan out, it's actually start to kind of hate on the class a little bit. Snoog loved your post today. This was a really epic class, right? And, and it really was deep. You start just 
listen all these guys off and everyone that showed up and got so much production in year one in at every position just really incredible the fact that we're talking about stroud where we are snoog you've been talking about him in the mvp conversation that's pretty rare for a rookie quarterback you look at tight end position like we were talking about with kincaid and laporta wow that's special we got a whole deep view of the wide receivers and some running backs too that have lived up to all these expectations so that 2023 class was everything we were saying it would be i mean we i felt like times dad we had to kind of check ourselves are we hyping this up too much i don't think we are and it's really lived up to all that hype that that we were bringing and this is at, this is we yeah. talk about all the time that it's a cyclical event, right? Like For we sure. were all That's right. That's buying those twenty three yeah. first, and then okay, mm-hmm. Charbonnet didn't go where we wanted to because we loved him, and yeah. some of these guys yeah. didn't go where we loved. Yeah. Aside from Quentin Johnston, no one's lost value. The entire first two rounds has increased in value. Those are guys great like investments. Tank yeah. Dell right now, and we're going to cover him oh, on some yeah. of this. He's all the way in the top 15 dynasty wide receivers. No you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at Laporta yeah. and Kincaid, guys that you've been able to get in that second round. And we're going to dig deep on that. But for right now, if you can yeah. give me your top 12 yeah. and then snoop yep. you as well of, of any kind of mm-hmm. changes for there. And let's just jump in. Yeah, let's, let's rattle them off here. I mean, you started with Caleb Williams. For me, we're going to go through these cycles, like you said. People have been hearing all the hype, and they kind of want to kind of riff off that and do something a bit different. Don't do that. Caleb Williams is in a tier of his own as the 101. He brings it all. He's my 101 and will continue to be throughout the entire process. I do have, though, coming in at 102, Marvin Harrison Jr. I think you could probably debate in Superflex leagues whether you would take a wide receiver there. I think you do. I think he's the safest wide receiver prospect for a long time. You guys have heard this, so I'm just reinforcing that because you're going to start hearing a lot of other folks mix it up. Drake May coming off kind of a challenging game against Clemson. I still have him at 103 and then a very special prospect, 104 Brock Bowers. And, Dad, these were the same four prospects that we talked about before the college season ever started. Mm -hmm. Feeling good about that. That's where we started with. That's what we said the top four picks were to help you guys understand those values. And that's where we're still at. There was really no reason to change those. Now, it gets more interesting after that. For me and Snoog, I know you got him too. 105 Malik Neighbors is where I've got the wide receiver two of this class coming out of LSU. Wow. This kid should be up for the Blitnikoff paired up with Jaden Daniels. He's been Incredible. Just a couple things on this guy. Very versatile receiver. You can line him up all over the field. It doesn't matter what kind of coverage you throw at him. He will beat that coverage. He will get open, runs amazing routes. I've seen really everything I needed to see. And he's hit big play after big play, special catches all over his film. Mm -hmm. I I felt like it was a little bit of a reach to put him that high, but that's where I've got him right now at 105. Now I actually have him at four, so I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, all right. I love yeah. it. I mean, we're talking kind of tight end premium here, so that's the only reason I got yep. uh, Brock Bowers as high as I do. I do have Brock Bowers, I think, from a talent perspective, I will say slightly above. I know, just just go with me on this. Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta. Yeah, I agree. Just a notch above those guys. So that's a pretty special player to have in a tight end premium league. That's why I still have him at 104. Now Jaden Daniels, guys, um, I have been watching every single game of his, and he continues to just exceed all expectations. What a season this kid has had. I'm now putting him at 106 as wow. the key three. Uh, I, 
I, I think that he what he brings to the fantasy game is is why you consider him there. The rushing ability is as good as I've seen. Again, I know it sounds like hype, but I'll say since about Lamar Jackson range, he um, has the ability to make all the passes that you want to see. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like a little high, but I'm kind of there now, right? That mid-range 2024 first, Jaden Daniels. After that, Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State. Huge target, athletic freak, makes incredible catches, and has really um, exploded this year. After that, just rattle it off. I don't want to take too much time here, Dad. I've got J.J. McCarthy, QB, Michigan. It's going to be, um, I think, kind of a lot of, a lot of what the NFL is looking for, kind of prototypes, got a lot of the tools you, you want to see. And then i got Emeka Agbuka, Ohio State. Hasn't had the season that we all hope for, but this guy just always gets open, very reliable receiver. He's a lot of what the NFL looks for, versatile kind of runs all the routes, very safe wide receiver right there. I have him at 109. And then it's Trevion Henderson, the RB1 in this class. I've always had him as the RB1 for this class going back to really a year ago to now. And the, the talent is there. He's had a hard time staying on the field. That's really the knock against him. But his size-speed ratio, his ability to hit the big play, he could be a grinder. He could be a three-down back in the NFL. I'm convinced. He's my RB1 in this class. I think because of that, and when people need a running back, he's going to go a bit higher. Be prepared yeah. for that in your drafts. And then from there, it's all wide receivers. It's Romo Dunze out of Washington. Wow. Uh, incredible talent. Then I got the speedsters, Troy Franklin, Xavier Worthy. That was 13 guys, but those are my top 13 right now. I hope that's some helpful knowledge for the listeners out there. No, I love it. And I, I think I, I very similar, you know, it kind of moves around a little okay, bit. Okay. Snoop, anybody that's, that's uh, sticking out to you there that, you know, like I have Ibuka a little bit higher, because, but I'm not digging as deep as you are, you know, like I'm starting to look at, at into it now and Snoop, who's that guy for you? You know, how close is that for some of yours? And let's jump right in. Cause I'm excited to kind of compare some of these veterans versus what we're doing right now. Yeah. So we have the same three, John and I, I, I the only person I would put, neighbors four i have him in the top 10 nfl draft talent i think he'll go there okay. as well yeah and then the mecca's right there after him i think i've been super high on Mecca. Mm -hmm. i just think mm -hmm. he's that do it all wide receiver a lot like the jsn type where he's great after the catch he, he's better downfield than jsn is as well and he has unbelievable hands like he catches anything he, does, yeah. traffic. he gives me like like prime like he gives me a kind of Amon Ross St. Brown vibes with like a little bit of like that golden tape build, but he's thicker. I think, I think he's okay, going to be a 200 pound receiver. And then Bowers, obviously Trevion Henderson. I have seven Odunsi eight. I have Jaden Daniels nine. I still need to watch more of him. Mm -hmm. I'm just mm -hmm. a little worried. He's too like college prototype. And like, I don't know how his game's going to translate to the next level, but the, I mean, he has a thousand rushing yards. He's unbelievable at rushing the football. So NFL teams are starting to like that more and more. And then I want to almost throw Penix in there just mm -hmm. because he's like a Heisman candidate, but I, he's been in the league for like, what, six years now. So I like don't want to. I, I would personally take Keon Coleman, Xavier Worthy, and Trey Franklin before I touch Penix. But yeah. 
those, those wide receivers are literally mm-hmm. 10, 11, 12, 13, just like you. So I would keep yeah. Penix out of it, but he's probably in that like 201, 202 range. And, but, and Dad, I'll say this, like what's really tough is you see the production in college football and you want to then keep rising them up the rankings mm-hmm. when you see the increased productions. These guys airing it out. You look at Bo Nix is another example of that, but you got to make sure that they translate to the NFL game. Can they get yeah. it done against NFL class defenses? And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. The QBs are always the toughest for me. And it's kind of the, the part of the process that I eat the most time watching the film on. I love it. So let's start breaking this down right away. So, I mean, I have a scenario here where I have the 102, and we're going to call that Marvin mm-hmm. Harrison, you know, and, and you're a contender. And I'm going to go from both sides here. I want to talk to both of you guys about this. But, I mean, you're a contender and you have that 102. How tempted are you, Snoop, to smash or pass C.D. Lamb or the 102? So, you know, you know that's Marvin Harrison, but C.D. Lamb's young and performing, you know, and I want to I want to com- – because so many people are like – I really need this wide receiver for the playoffs. And sometimes you trade a guy like Marvin Harrison and it, it just stings for years. I mean, I did it in a league where I got, I gave up what ended up being Jamar chase and I got Deandre Hopkins for it for a playoff push, you know, and that was several years ago. But yeah. every time I see Jamar chase in that lineup next to me, I'm like, ah, that he was on my team. Yeah. Harrison did. The day he gets drafted, it's going to slot into that tier with A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson. He'll probably be above – he'll be above Garrett Wilson and probably above C.D. Lamb too right behind mm-hmm. – he'll honestly be mm-hmm. probably my wide receiver three if I'm being honest. Here's the, like, trick, the tricky part we get into it is like now you're talking about am I going to win this year? You know, you're a legit contender and you have the 102. Yeah. Do you I want C.D. Lamb or that one? I think I'd take AJ and CD over him just because like if he ends up on like the mm-hmm. Giants or something, just like a gross team where it's like Daniel yeah. Jones throwing on the football, it's not really yeah. appealing. But like Arizona with Kyler or even Chicago with maybe it's Caleb or maybe it's Fields, like Fields has been able to dominate with DJ Moore. Like Moore's been a top eight receiver while Fields has been healthy. So I, I, like I think it. I think the wide receivers, neighbors and Harrison are, are in good position to land with good quarterbacks because of the mm-hmm. Kyler injury and because of all these injuries and what happened with Fields, the injury. So and they have two, they're gonna probably get the one on one and the one oh three. So we could see Caleb and Marv get paired up. So we're you're saying out of the three right now, if you were, you had to choose, you'd take Lamb or Brown with that one oh two if it was an absolute smash. Like if I get this guy. I'm going to win it. John, on the flip side, you know, you and I are always trying to figure out that next guy to add. And right now I'm looking at rosters and I'm like, who's mm-hmm. that guy that's going to win me a championship? And I look at the Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill of the world. And those two mm-hmm. guys are absolute burners right now. They're they're dominating your leagues, but they're getting older. So I got a question for you right now is if the guy comes up to you with the 102, is 102 and an early second or I'm sorry, an early second in Tyreek Hill. Is that enough for you to move off that 102? You know, you you always want to win it. We talk about you win that championship, that's eternal glory. But on the flip side, you're looking at, you know, Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs have that two-year window. And I have a lot of people asking me that same question. And it's just like, can you buy a cheaper option? Yeah, man, that is a tough one. You're playing to your audience here. You know, I'm always contending. First of all, I'll say this. I have Marvin Harrison Jr. right now without knowing his landing spot safely as the wide receiver five. I think it is fair to put him behind A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. Why? Because those guys are paired up with Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott in that Dallas offense. So 
Um, could he be higher? Absolutely. But we need to see where he lands, in my opinion. But the talent, the, the youth is so appealing. It would be very difficult for me to trade off of him for that reason. Safest wide receiver prospect is a rookie pick in years. But if it's Tyreek Hill, the current wide receiver one, and a second, which I'm probably going to flip for another asset, and I know that's the piece I need to go win a title, yeah, we play to win. I'm probably going to do it. And, you know, people know that about me and I'm getting offers probably kind of like that. Um, if the, at this point in the season, though, Dad, I probably already moved all my rookie picks. <laughs> yes, there's none there. That's right. Well, yeah. I, I want to talk about that because I had a guy message me, you know, and I put one of my rosters. And I, I mean, it's the most stacked roster you can possibly look at. It's eye candy. You know, it really is. But it's six and five. It's one of my middling teams. Mm. And it's got, you know, Jefferson, Chase, Kyler Murray, Bijan. You know, like it is absolutely loaded. You know, Saquon Barkley, Kelsey, Kittle. Like it, it's loaded, right? And he goes, well, the biggest problem here, Dad, is you didn't trade your 24, and 24 first and second yet. He goes, no contenders should go into the playoffs with their picks. And, I, you know, you and I have looked at this before. Yeah, if you if you need it, but I mean, if you had 112, 111, 112 this year, you got A chain, you got Laporta, you ended up getting some serious yeah. firepower there. So it's like, yeah. how do you look at those kind of things? I mean, mm -hmm. do you do you push it all in? Do you make those trades, you know, that are really pushing the chips in? It, it's interesting this time of year. It really is because everybody's trying to make that next push. And sometimes we make that trade where we give up, you know, Jerome Ford in a first to get to Derrick Henry, and Jerome Ford outperforms him in the playoffs, you know, and it's like it's tricky there, and that's what we're trying to hit you guys up with this Masher Pass. Snoog, i got to ask yeah. you, you know, we, yeah. we're talking about that let that 101 position. We talked about that, and I want to come out, go start with you and then go over to John. You got the 101. We're going to do keep trade cut, Jamar Chase, B. John Robinson, and the 101. Definitely keeping Jamar. I just think – well, I feel like – Maybe it is popular now that like six point. I feel like it wasn't for a while. I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of the DMs I get, are like four point leagues. I think if it's four point, then it then it's gonna be Jamar. Your DMs are a lot more young kids. They don't they don't know the <laughs> they don't know the high stakes. You know what I mean? Like yo, let's play six point passing. Yeah, no, I, but, I'm in twenty six and I'm in all six point passing yeah, league. So. I love it. No, let's talk about that though. If it's six point passing, you know, is it Caleb? Is it Chase? Or is it Bijan? Because I think all three of these guys are going to be right next to each other when we when we're talking, you know, startup drafts. I th I think you got to go. I think it's going to go Chase one on one Bijan. Like I, I think I would honestly put Mar above Bijan. So then I'd put Caleb above Bijan as well. So then, but I I still just think I don't know. I think Chase should have and is so valuable. Like him and Jefferson. Are probably like that seven, eight, and then I think Caleb's like nine in a startup. Like I think you got like Herbert, Hertz, Allen, Mahomes, Stroud, Jefferson, Chase, Caleb. I like it, John. What do you think out of those three? If you had well, to choose look today, at, yeah, I mean it's obviously a brutal decision here that you would rarely have to deal with, but it's fun. Uh, I would say look at the current market dynamics. It's not a good time to try and trade Jamar Chase after the Joe Burrow injury, right? You want to get absolute premium. So I'm going to probably keep Jamar Chase in this scenario, knowing he, at the start of next season, will probably still have the highest market value of those three players. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and keep Jamar Chase, and I'm then going to have to trade the 101 because 
I think you right now when people are realizing that they're not in the playoffs, they're going to make some moves. They're going to be trading pretty pretty high value for that 101, right? We talk about all these cycles. This is kind of one of them where you could actually trade the 101. Is it going to accrue additional value? Yeah, I think it will. But again, you're going to go through these cycles where people are kind of hating on the prospects and kind of they kind of dip a little bit. On the clock, yeah, I'd prefer to trade it then. But I would trade Caleb Williams and love him, my boy. Love love my Texas Longhorns and B. John Robinson, but I'm sorry, kid, you're cut. <laughs> All right, I like it. So now I want to start talking about like individual players versus individual picks because we're starting to look at that area. I want to start adding some of these ballers. I want to get guys onto my team. I want to make sure, you know, my running back has solidified it. So Snoop, smash or pass, Travis Etienne, you have him. You're not contending. I want him, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I'm pushing in there. Travis Etienne or the 104? <coughs> I would go – I'd go with the 104. I think it's so close. Like, I, I have Travis Etienne. It's like a top four to five. Yeah, I think he's my five right now, mm-hmm. right after, like, Gibbs, DMC, Bijan, and Brees Hall. So he's – so he's my five. Yeah. So, yeah, he's my five. So, I, I – I think running backs, and we've seen it this year, are just too easy to get with producing for cheap, like for Shy White, Demont, Jill Morin, Kamara. We saw all the values on those guys in the preseason. So I just think if you can get like like neighbors, if he's a top 10 pick, like he's instantly going to be mm-hmm. valued like a top four round startup pick without even playing a snap. So I just think that the value and the safeties on that side, and you don't have to make the pick, like you can trade it when it's on the clock. So. I, I think it all depends on that, but like imagine like the Cardinals take them or like a good team like that takes them and like everyone's just super hyped over the landing spot, mm-hmm. then you're just gonna get crazy value for that pick. So I would just lean the pick there. Say so, and, and that's a great point, and I'm glad we talked about that with the running backs. Like we're trying to buy cheap production. You know, we're trying to get those scenarios where I mean, John, you saw in Smash Five today, I had Deshaun Watson. Jake Ferguson mm-hmm. in a second, and I got Russell Wilson and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is just that yeah, he still gets Houston, he gets Houston twice in the fantasy mm-hmm. playoffs. So it's mm-hmm. like when you when you buy all in, I mean, John, similar type type situation. You know, would you would you trade the one hundred four for Christian McCaffrey? Right now for McCaffrey, and I'm contending, I'd probably do it. You could actually still argue that CMC is the RB1 in Dynasty. I know a lot of people and, probably have Bijan and Gibbs ahead of him now, but for as a contender, he really is the best possible running back asset that you want right now. And, and that's what I've been telling people. Absolutely difference. Like, oh, if I you mean, are yes. trading an early year? first, right? Like I would trade yeah. too. I would trade too late first for Gibbs, you know, and I would move into that area. Mm-hmm. And I would, mm-hmm. I would be willing to buy for Gibbs, even from what we've seen from Bijan. It's like buying that production. Christian McCaffrey is the only one who's going to guarantee. That's what I was about to say. Points. He's really the Alvin, only guy I'd consider there at the position. Alvin Kamara is close right now. You know, like there, there's a couple guys that are up there towards yeah. the top. But Christian McCaffrey is just such a I difference it, maker no. every yeah. single week. Where's that mm-hmm. line for you then? Would you do – would yeah, you no, trade I, the 104? Uh, I, I would for CMC and that's it. If I'm contending and that's the piece I need to win it. And, again, play to win. Everybody listening, play to win. That's what we're here to do. So 
outside that though, I'm actually with Snook here. If it was ETN, I'm probably dishing ETN for the 104. I mean, because you're getting wide receivers, you're getting QBs mm -hmm. that have the longevity, that have the value that's going to accrue versus running backs that you kind of after a while toss out after they get over what age 26, age 27. So if you're just thinking dynasty long term, you're not necessarily contending. See you later, ETN. I'm gonna take that 104. I like it. So and I don't I don't know if there's any other running backs to answer your question that I would actually consider other than CMC with a an early first for 24. Yeah, because the other four out of those top five, it's like, man, it, it's tough, right? Like we've we've yeah. been burped by that so often of trying to push in the chips and, and get that guy and really try to to, to go all in yeah. it, and it, it burns you if you don't get it. Now, here's the one thing I'm going to say, and it's this really important point for the listeners. This running back class in 24 ain't all that. There are some players. We talked about Trevion Henderson. I like Trey Benson, Marshawn Lloyd, Blake Corum, Bucky Irving, Braylon Allen. Like there's some guys there, but you know, you can get them for later based on everything we're seeing so far. Just got to consider that when you're mm -hmm. if you're trading your RB1 or your RB2 and you're expecting to replace him with another young up and coming running back, you're going to struggle to do that with this class. You, this class is all about the wide receivers and the QBs. Yeah. And there's and there's a couple of, you know, tight ends. That I think it's going to be a lot be of fourth round, mm -hmm. like fourth round running backs, fourth, fifth round. Yeah. Day two guys yeah. that are going to be OK. Do they get kind of the landing spot that they need to, to get the workload that you want to see. So because of that, dad, I've, I've made some trades for some of these guys in, in the current class that I didn't expect to do, mm -hmm. you know, six months ago, I would have said, no, nah, I'm going to wait for the 24 class, but I've been going after guys like HN a little bit more, uh, you know, if I could pick up Gibbs, I could get Bijan on a dip. Just keep that in mind. Just be very careful that you don't put yourself at a position where your roster is, is no longer constructed the right way and you, you have no running backs to put out there week to week. So I'm just kind of putting put a little knowledge out there. This is not the class you want to use to really rebuild your running back position. Yeah, and it, I mean, at least we know running back position is the one that is the cheapest to buy too. So it's Absolutely. like we don't have to commit that early. We know next year yeah. we're going to be able to commit early to wide receivers and, and quarterbacks. We're not going to be able to do that. So there's where exactly. you know, exactly. with my with my late first, I have no problem going after certain guys. Yeah. I have, your second. I, I got criticized, yeah. but I mean, I I gave what I think will be a one eleven or one twelve for Rashad White the other day. Rashad White is a Right now, over the last three weeks, is a top. Ballin. He's actually RB one, and over the span of the year, he's the RB six. Yeah. You know, so it's like he'll still mm -hmm. be around. There's those guys where That's right. That's people right. talk about buying DeAndre Swift and buying Javante Williams and and buying these running backs and. They, normally that's not what we advocate. We don't advocate trading your first round picks, but if it's anything in that late first, you know, you're going to be in a good position. Um, and great, great analysis. I love it. I want to talk about a couple struggling wide receivers, a couple guys here, uh, Snoog that, you know, right now I want you to choose between Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith and the one Oh five. I think all three of these guys like Smith has had a resurgence over the last couple of weeks. You look at keep trade cut, you look at dynasty trade calculator, you look at almost anybody's rankings and they still have Waddle considerably higher, you know, despite his recent struggles. So 105, Devonta Smith, 
or Jalen Waddle? It's so hard to do this so far away with like you don't know where anybody landed, you don't know draft capital or anything. So I would just go Smith, keep keep Smith, trade Waddle, cut the one on five, just because those two wide receivers alone were generational. Like they were both top ten picks. Like they were elite wide receivers that had elite production. Have already have multiple thousand yard receivers. Or Smith's gonna hit it this year. Basically, yeah. very close to three thousand straight yard. Um, right there with AJ Brown, right behind him. So, and then Waddle as well. Like they're they're gonna have three straight years with a thousand plus yards, and they're on rookie contracts, and they've both had top ten seasons already. So, I, I value that a lot, especially because they're both super yeah, talented, yeah. and at any moment can drop a thirty point game. Like Smith was one yard away from having twenty six points, and they're both they're both twenty five years old. And I think this both is the trap. Balance, I think so. This is the trap that people fall into right now as they look at that mid first. You know, and say, "Oh, it's a mid first. It's one hundred five. And you know, we've we've all agreed that that's Bryce Young or Quentin Johnson, right? And and right now we're okay. looking at that. That could be neighbors. That could be Bowers. You know, that could be Abuqua. You're like, there's a couple different guys that could be. But John, if if you're comparing those guys mm-hmm. to right now, the yeah. guys that that are, are worth a mid-first is your Alaves, your Ayuks, mm-hmm. Waddle, Puka Nakua, Devonta Smith. So, I mean, how do how do these guys, how is Neighbors, how is Ibuka, how are they going to fit in with that particular group? Because if we're saying that yeah. guys 9 through 13 are worth a mid-first and they're all 23, 24, 25 years old, that's a tough crowd to try to break into. Oh, for sure is. But, look, this 24 wide receiver class is pretty special, okay? We've been breaking it down. Snook and I agree. There's some ballers in there, really. And I and I, I used to watch film on these other guys as well. They stack up pretty well. And in that keep trade cut scenario, I'm actually going to keep that 105 because I know for sure it's going to accrue value between now and rookie drafts next year. It's like a guarantee. It's the mm-hmm. surest thing uh, and, in Dynasty it, fantasy football. It could be a wide receiver right? that goes to a – dream landing yeah. spot as it, opposed yeah. to that pick's not going to get guys. hurt yeah. right yeah now and i i actually would then try to trade Jalen waddle and i would cut devonta smith in that scenario but look malik neighbors if what snoog is saying could happen happens and he goes top 10 top 15 picks and he gets that draft capital yeah he actually stacks up pretty well with olave he stacks up pretty well with waddle he is going to have a similar type of value. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we don't know the landing spot. We do know that the pick's going to accrue value. That's the only reason I'm a little bit different. I agree with everything Snook said, but I would try to hold on to that 105 if I could this far out. But I look, I think that Ibuka, Adunze, and then again, those speedsters, the NFL loves the speed. Troy Franklin, wide receiver Oregon, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver Texas, they're difference makers. Mm-hmm. The guys that can still beat NFL vets, just with the speed, just beating DBs, getting open, that they're going to probably go early in the draft. So some of these guys are going to stack up pretty darn well with the previous classes. Speaking of guys that are burning DBs, we got to talk Tank Dell. Tank Dell Mm. right now is the wide receiver three overall over the last three weeks. No one's dynasty value has jumped more. I have him inside my top 15 dynasty wide receivers right now. And Snoog, I got to, you know, guys come from different areas. We all wanted JSN to be the wide receiver one in the class. I think ultimately talent wise, he still is, you know, but we were taking him at 104, 105. 
And then we're talking about Jordan Addison was falling to 107. And a lot of times Tank Dell was falling into like 205, 206, 207. And now it's like, okay, where you took him in rookie drafts doesn't matter. Where he was drafted in the NFL doesn't quite matter as much. I mean, at that wide receiver position, he was drafted high enough. These three guys, I need to break it down here. I mean, what what are you doing with these three guys? How do you have them ranked? And if you had to keep one, I mean, who is it? Because right now, Tank Dell is that new hotness. He's tied to C.J. Stroud. He has taken over that one wide receiver one role over Nico Collins. And I mean, you know, say what you want, but he is exactly what we wanted Zay Flowers to be. He exactly. is absolutely mm-hmm. balling and you can't look it away. I mean, everybody wanted to do the same with Puka. They want to just be like, I forget about the draft capital. Draft capital with wide receivers is not the same as draft capital with running backs and quarterbacks. Running backs and quarterbacks, that's all about the contract. The wide receivers, you're producing, they don't care. So let's talk about let's talk about all four of those. Puka, you know, Puka, Addison, JSN, and and Tank Dell. How do you rank those four right now? Yeah, so for starters, all four of those guys are in my top like 21 dynasty wide receiver rankings. I think they're all great great players, all have great futures ahead of them. So what separates them from each other is you got to look at who's tied to a franchise quarterback the long term. Mm -hmm. Dynasty is more than just one year, obviously. So that's what's interesting because I think JSN's the best one out of all of them talent-wise. I think Tank Dell has the clear best long-term situation, has the best opportunity to produce. Mm -hmm. And then I think Puka and Addison are really talented, have crazy rookie production, should probably be above Tank Dell and JSN for most just because what they've been doing, but they're not for me. I I would still go, oof, I'm like so crazy in love with Tank Dell just because how much I like. Let's hear it, man. Like, yo, Snoog's Snoog's waiting out there. Brother. We were we were talking magazines and he was going to sleep on me and now he's pumped. We get a little tank Dell in here. Let's go. Let's go. How hot? Yeah, still go JSN just because he's looked so great, even though the production hasn't spoken for it. Lockett's been bad. DK's been very bad. Like they've all been like putting up 10 to 12 points a game. If they don't mm-hmm. score, it's like eight, 10 points. So it's Gino. He's the issue. I think Seattle's a really good franchise. Pete Carroll's a great coach. They have a great team. Long term, I think in like a year or two, we're going to be like, why were, was people selling JSN? Why was everyone undervaluing him? Like people don't even have him in the top five anymore. So it's like his talent. He's so versatile. He fits today's day and age so well. I think you still have to keep him one just because of the talent, the player he is. And and like we can scratch year one. He's just been like a wide reach, a flex basically. But I look at like Lockett and DK. That like helps me realize that like it's not him. It's the offense. It's everyone's bad on the Seattle's passing attack. So tank Dell easily too, for me, I think there's a lot of people saying, okay, well the Browns might not make playoffs now, or they might, but they might be like that 15 to 18 range. What if they draft a receiver? Okay. Maybe they draft a receiver, but I can promise you there's maybe one other person in this class that has the same skill set as tank Dell and it's Xavier worthy. And they're not going to take him that high. And they're literally the same player. So if anything, it's Nico Collins who's in jeopardy of like maybe they draft like Keon Coleman or Troy Franklin or another six three six four receiver that can go up and get the ball and has speed and yak. So I think Tank Dell is safe in this Texans offense. Stroud handpicked him. He's playing phenomenal football. He's on pace for a thousand plus yards. He's the wide receiver sixteen right now. I truly think Tank Dell has the best long term situation with Stroud. 
Stroud's literally going to probably be like a close to 5,000 yard passer if he keeps this up this year. So Tank Dell is probably going to hit like that 1,100, 1,200 year, which is historical. And then I'd go with Puka and Addison so tough because like Stafford is so toast soon and like Kirk is like already toast. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you got Jefferson and Hawk and it's just so weird with both of them. So they're like a 3A, 3B for me. I think I would lean Addison. I think I'd lean Puka just because of what Puka's done. I think he's another guy who's going to hit 1,000 yards as a fifth-round rookie, and he's going to get a lot of opportunity this year and probably next year to play as that, like, 1B and 1A if Cup goes down with injury, which has been happening. So I truly think that those four guys are just so talented in decent situations, but Tank Dell being with the Texans, just it's just I think we're crazy not to put them – right there with JSN, if anything. So right now I have Puka 11. I have mm-hmm. Tank, and I just traded in Smash Except 6, and everybody keeps saying, what do I do with T. Higgins? I traded T. Higgins straight for Puka today, and you guys know how much I love T. Higgins, but that Cincinnati offense okay. Okay. without Joe Burrow the rest of the way, like, give me Puka Nakua. I have Tank Dell second out of that group. Why do you see for 16 on the season like I said, wide receiver one overall over the last three. The last three weeks, John, 35 targets, 20 receptions, 319 yards, four touchdowns. The only argument you can wow. have is he's been inside the top 20 in five out of his 10 starts. So there is some boom bust, but like the booms are huge. Like they're they're weak winning type booms, you know, and he has been absolutely amazing. And then I have Addison and JSN pretty close right now, which I know is really kind yeah. of kind of crazy to say out loud, you know, but Addison's mm-hmm. scored the touchdowns talent wise. I like JSN. So anything to add yeah. to that debate there? Like if you yeah, had to well, take one guy right. we're drafting right mm-hmm. now, who yeah. is that guy out of that group for you? Yeah. This is like, I showed up to the dessert table at Thanksgiving. I'm looking at homemade apple pie. I got some pecan pie, some, some pumpkin pie. Somebody even brought like some well, we banana cream or something. Mel Kuyper's <laughs> taking the, the pumpkin pie. You know Mel Kuyper eats a pumpkin pie every day? Okay. Oh, every no, day. I did not know this. No, no, every, every day. I'm, my respect level is climbing for Mel Kuyper then. But, I, you know, I'm probably going apple pie all in mode, which is, in this case, it is puka for me. I think you just got, like, here's the question, and this is what I'm adding to the conversation here. You do all this work to get your rankings together for the class, right? It's built on draft capital. It's built on production, what you see on film. You get your grades, et cetera. But, again, you play to win in this game. You have to evolve and adjust quick ahead of the game. you got to be ahead of everyone else. And when you see production like we saw from Puka, I mean, those five games, it's kind of unprecedented. Now, the concern is Stafford. My bigger concern is actually not Stafford. It's McVay. When does McVay move on? I think McVay will get somebody in there to run his offense, which is predicated on – just peppering the wide receivers they can get open. And Puka's well, getting, he gets open it, all day long. I mean, when Stafford was healthy, like this was something absolutely it was special. It was wild to watch. And, yeah. you know, I think I think he's going to get there again. And if not, you're right, they're going to be going. Or McVay gets else. another vet QB and, and plugs him in there. And, you know, you, Puka just has everything you look for. Yeah, I was way too low on him. So was everybody else. I was also too low on Tank Dell. I just don't think that he has – quite that production profile that Puka has shown already. Um, It's close. First 10 games all time for wide receivers. 
Odell Beckham, 71 receptions. Number two all-time, Puka Nakua with 69. It's unreal. You, like you just got to adjust to that production. Yeah, Tank is up there, right? He's, What's that? He's, get, he's climbing. He's climbing. He has six, 659 in nine games, Tank Dell. Oh, yeah. No, that's yards. I was going on. on I was actually just looking at receptions on that. But Tank Dell is absolutely killing it. I love all four of these guys. The, the real question is, and I want to go rapid fire. I want you guys throwing some questions okay. in here, too, is, is, you know, this is what everybody keeps asking. I was talking about with Zoltan. Snook, smash or pass. Tank Dell, the 106. The 106. See, that's what everybody yeah. right now in the community is saying mid first. I, I would pay over like the, the one nine. Yeah, okay. I would pay the one uh, nine, one ten. You know, and I think that's I think that's a good investment I to buy a guy that's mm-hmm. that young who's producing at that level. John, same thing for you. Let's we you were a little bit higher on Puka. Puka mm-hmm. or the one oh five and you're a playoff team. <laughs> This is rough. This is so rough. I'm weird. I don't see it with Puka as much. Like I've okay. watched him for like hours, and I'm just like, what, what, like, what am I supposed to love about this guy? Like I just don't I, see. It. Um, people I already traded Allen. They just don't see. He's not that same route runner. Like I don't. Know. I did trade um, JSN straight up for Puka. If that tells you anything, and I did take JSN into the 105 this year. I'm probably just a slight lean to Puka. I'm pretty bought in. Yeah, I pretty bought in on that, but uh, I mean, it, that's a it's a win win. The one hundred five, and for me, Malik Neighbors, you'd love having him on your squad. Mm-hmm. Slightly to Puka for me. All right, we've been hitting the wide receivers pretty hard here. I want to talk. Uh, I want to move a little bit towards the the quarterback position, you know. And this is one where right now people have that pick, and they they lost Joe Burrow, John, and they're mm-hmm. like, man, yeah. I'm I'm scrambling here, and we start to get to some of these late firsts, these guys that. You know, right now I have in the Discord, and everybody kind of has has ripped on it that I have Josh Dobbs worth a late first because Josh Dobbs right now, if you look at what he's done, he's since going to Minnesota, Can't argue he's, with the, that. he's the QB yeah. three. He gets a, a you know mm-hmm. juicy matchups left and right. But let's start talking about some of these guys that I have in that late first realm. You know, of your Jordan Love, Sam Howell, Josh Dobbs. You know, those guys. Are you are you going into that route, or do you want to? You know, let's let's go. Sam Howell or the 110? We're going rapid fire on these bad boys. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'm going to go 110. Um, I do love Sam Howell. You know, I was buying in on him. He's the reason probably I'm in the Scott Fishbowl playoffs because I drafted him as my QB3, have him on a lot of my redraft teams. Mm-hmm. There's just a little bit of risk there in Washington. Absolutely. You know, um, we have to see how that plays out. I think he's shown enough to be their guy, but we really don't know that. Yeah. So I, I'm probably going 110. I know that's going to for sure to accrue in value. It's super safe. That's my pick. Snoog, the, my next tier, my tier five, the guys that I've been just screaming about, like screaming about. And at this point, they're all in that 106 to 108, you know, range in value. It's Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, and Brock Purdy. All three of these guys are top 10 quarterbacks right now. All three of them are, you know, in that prime age group. You got to choose between one of these three guys. And out of them, I mean, are you willing to pay the 106, the 107, the 108 to get these guys' services, knowing that they'll be back next year? And we're talking about you're contending. You got to replace Burrow. Yeah, I would do it. I think I'd probably go Dak, Purdy, then Goff. I think. 
Purdy's a young golf in, in just okay. a, in a better situation. I, I honestly think they're all like the same. I think Dak is streakier and less consistent than the other two, but I think when he's on, he's on. And like mm-hmm. we've seen the past five weeks, what Dak has done, he's better than both of them. You know but what? Now a lot, now, a lot now older. So I think him and Purdy are close because Purdy's like they're all like really high end game managers to me. But I think Dak Dak has proven when he's there, he's there, and he's up there in the top ten. When when he plays, like he can play. So, are we at a spot here? I was. I mean, for the last month, I've been screaming to buy Dak Prescott. Are we at a spot now where it's time to tear up off of Dak Prescott? Right. I mean, we look at. Three straight absolute boom weeks. Then he struggled a little bit against Carolina. Maybe it's a different kind of game. Yeah. Snoog, I mean, is this that time, right? Like, if we were talking about this four months ago, you couldn't give up Dak Prescott. He was a hard sell. He was yeah. very difficult to trade. And then he, you know, we've been saying he's going to boom. There's some opportunities here. You know, if you have Dak Prescott, are you holding him? Are you trying to to tear up and get into a situation where you get to Lamar, you get to – you know, you get to Stroud, you get to that area where someone sees the recent production. Because, I mean, you know, week six, QB one, week eight, QB three, week nine, QB two, week 10, QB one, this week, QB 17. But then you get a couple games in here where you got Miami, you got Buffalo, you got Seattle. So his his schedule, aside from the Eagles in week 14, isn't the greatest. It's solid. Are, are we at a spot here? Am I crazy to say that I'm trying to tear up off of that? I think it depends if I, if I have a ton of assets on hand and my team's like, well, I can't upgrade anywhere else. And besides like, maybe I could tear up for quarterback or like, like I already have the running backs yeah. I want and I have elite wide receivers. And it's like, do I tear up to get like a CMC type or do I tear up and get a better quarterback? And I think that's where, where you got to address your team and it's worth it. Cause yeah. Stroud is yeah, just unbelievable. Dak so. in the one Oh five or Stroud. Ooh, I think. I think I would go with Dak, but if I if I had like a ton of assets, then I would go with CJ. It's tough because like if you play it in like that three year window, like where most dynasty leagues, everyone according to everybody, last mm-hmm. three to four years, then it's like I'll take the Dak side. But like yeah, yeah. if I know my league's gonna last eight to ten years, then I'm gonna take CJ. Hey, the Smash Leagues, they don't die. You're John, right. <laughs> John, yeah, those three guys there, Dak, Goff, and Purdy. I mean, how do you have all three ranked? And I, you know, yeah. like would you, is now the time? I think Purdy's still a buy. Goff is still underrated. Dak mm-hmm. has just accumulated in value where I've been saying bye, bye, bye. And everybody, whenever I do these things, they're like, Oh, dad's flipping the switch. But it's because the value has now caught up. Like it's a it's a market. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's why you're always um, kind of making moves. That's why we have a weekly pod because you got to pay attention to this stuff. I got Dak though pretty comfortably ahead of Brock Purdy and Jared Goff. And rest of the season, I'm actually going to throw this out there. I got Dak like top five. I'm, I'm seeing everything I need. I know that's spicy, but I think honestly, with Kellen Moore out of there, what they're doing right now is is pretty strong. I've got. Dak as my QB2 and Smash 10 currently sitting in the mm-hmm. number one position, feeling really good about that. I'm not trying to tear up. I'm feeling great about having him as my QB2. I got an orphan in on that one. That's the only one I'm not in. And I'm just like, I'm just, yo, it's, where, where's dad? You know, like you're, you're, uh, being, you're feeling there's some, there's some strong competition. I know. Shout yeah. out to the Smash 10 guys because I'm, I have to, I have to admit, I'm kind of sweating it when you're sitting there yeah. in that top spot, but 
One of the reasons I'm feeling pretty good, though, is having Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott as my yeah. two QBs. I got to say, it was nice beating both of you guys in the Smash League. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, let's let's talk a little bit here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Richardson because a lot of people now are still sitting with Anthony Richardson on their on their bench. You know, and, and I got a couple opportunities here, John, to trade Anthony Richardson straight up for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has looked fantastic, right? Like no mm-hmm. rust, ready to run right off the bat. You know, in the passing game hasn't quite caught up yet you know you look at what he's done on the ground and that's Mm -hmm. that's been there but this is a a move where are you are you kyler murray or anthony richardson going forward between these two guys i have him basically dead even but i i am um i mean back to back literally in my rankings but i'm going to just lean anthony richardson um from a dynasty perspective really still believe in this kid and I, I think that we just have to be honest about like Kyler Murray's rushing production is still going to be there, but is he going to do what Anthony Richardson can do? You know, like looks like Cam Newton out there. He scored what four touchdowns in two and a half games, something like that four on the ground. Yeah. Rushing touchdowns for Anthony Richardson. Like he's, we saw everything we hoped we would see. And it's just kind of now outside out of mind. Now Kyler Murray is mm-hmm. the new flashy, um, new hotness coming back. Yeah. I mean, again, they're right there next to each other. So but hot right now. Maybe with the youth, so hot right now. You, you got to look at. I think it's perfect. I think it's the perfect blend right now. That if you're contending, flip those two. Yeah. If you're rebuilding, Absolutely. flip those Easy two. Move. And it, everyone yeah. keeps saying, "Dad, why are you buying Anthony Richardson if you're rebuilding? He's not scoring you any points." Why are you buying Joe Burrow? Because he's not scoring you any points. Why are you buying Deshaun Watson, even if you don't like Deshaun Watson? Because he's not scoring you any points, and he's going right. to That's recoup right. value. And mm-hmm. it's like we've been yeah. talking about those kind of guys. You you buy low on That's that. Right. You, you hit it in That's there. Right. Snoog, Snoog, hit me up with some, man. Like there's got to be some questions here where it's like, what is this guy versus this pick? There's so many yeah. opportunities out there. I have a perfect one for you right now, just between quarterbacks, because I've seen three trades of the swap between the two. And I'm going to add in a third person just because Sam Howell, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young. Ooh, see, that's I've tricky. Seen, I've seen three straight. Yeah. Three of my competitively, so, three people that know what they're doing. Sam like Howell, yeah. Deshaun Watson. If, if I'm contending, I would, I would trade Bryce Young or Deshaun Watson for Sam Howell to win it because Sam Howell is a top five quarterback right now in points per game. You know, that's there. Bryce Young, I think is a crazy buy low as much as I don't like him. I feel like he's going to, you know, like they, they put him into a system without the weapons, without the opportunity to succeed. Unlike what, what CJ Stroud has had. So, I mean, I don't love Bryce Young, but I would, I would definitely be in that area. And it's like Deshaun Watson, the last, you know, game and a half, I saw some glimpses of old Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, if I'm trying to contend, I like Sam Howell. I actually have him. And that that's awesome because I have Howell. I have Bryce Young, Howell, Jordan Love, and Deshaun Watson in the same. Because I think Jordan yeah. Love, as much as you don't love him or hate him, he's, he's QB 13 on the year. He's going to follow up somewhere else. You know, and that, that's, that's the other guy in that area. Because once you get out of the top 13, John, this isn't like – you know, 2019, where it's like, I'm going to go trade for Stafford. I'm going to go trade for Rodgers. I'm going to go trade. I mean, the 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 absolute aging stud is, is gone 
the best option mm-hmm. you can get in that area is journeyman Josh Dobbs. You know, like Russell Wilson's been solid. He's QB 14. I'm okay doing mm-hmm. the same trade there. It's like I would give up Deshaun Watson or Bryce Young to get Russell Wilson to give myself an opportunity, you know, but uh, that's a great question, Snook. I love I- that. My thing is like with Bryce is I agree. I think he's a great buy low because he's still a good player. Like he, he understands the game well. He's a good processor. Mm-hmm. He has a good arm talent. The only thing that questions me is like going into the year, like the Panthers, think of that. They traded up because they were like outside of the top 10, right? So like they weren't a bad, bad mm-hmm. team last year, but now they're a bad, bad team. And it's kind of weird to me. Like they're they had a pretty solid defense last year. They had a solid line last year. Like they were a decent team that would compete, and they still are. Like weirdly hanging in games. So I give credit to Bryce for that. They've been hanging in games, but Andy Dalton came in for one game and threw up three hundred sixty passing yards. Yeah. So it's like Adam Thielen's still a good player. Like people try to say like he's a corpse and like they have no weapons at all. Like it's the worst situation ever. But like it's really not. He's always wide open, and that's why mm-hmm. he gets mm-hmm. so many targets because he's always wide open. I think the offensive scheme is the issue. Like I think everything is underneath, so that's mm-hmm. why we haven't been able to see Bryce show off his arm. Like Bryce has a good deep ball. Like He can throw the ball deep. Reminds me a lot of like that like Seahawks-Russell Wilson type. Like He could get there. We just need yeah, to give them some to, time. You got to be yeah, patient. Yeah, Let Carolina time. rebuild, right? Yeah. I think it's more them just throwing him in there with that bad scheme with a battle line and no run mm-hmm. game that's hurting them more than like being able. Like, I think he would be able to succeed with like Thielen and Chark and like bring those guys up. I just think like him going from Bama to that, getting thrown mm-hmm. right in into that horrible scheme where everything's underneath and not being able to run the ball. I think that's what's affecting him because he's looked good from time to time. Like, the Saints game, he's just forcing passes that shouldn't be forced because they're underneath because he's going to get absolutely lit up, and we've seen him get smoked like six times. So I just think it's more that than than his actual talent himself, and I do think he, if you're a rebuilder and you could probably give like three seconds and go get Bryce Young right now. Like People are so off of it. I want to talk with you, John, here about, mm-hmm. you know, you have that something, you know, it's going to be 110 to 112. You know, you we've been okay. in those situations. Yeah, I'm going to win, you know, or I might mistakenly somehow lose, you know, I'm in the one the seed yeah. or the yeah. three seed, you know. So it's 110 mm-hmm. to 112. And this is where people keep asking me right now. Like, this is where people struggle right now. I'm going to just start rattling off some names. And you got to say smash is you want the player or pass. You want the pick. Are you ready? Ready. Keenan Allen. Smash. Right? Yeah, like he's he's top five. He's just absolutely dominating. He's killing it, man. He's New. killing it. Smash or pass. Keenan Allen. All right. Debo Samuel. Snoop. Debo. Oh, I'm gonna it's, I'm gonna pass on Debo. You got these guys. Got to win you that championship. Let's go. Um, here's 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 where we're gonna get tricky. Rashad White. Rashad White. Or or what pick? What pick is it gonna be? We're at one ten, one twelve. I'm gonna go all the guys in that similar area. If I'm like struggling and I need that running back, I'm gonna go with White. But like, I would take the pick. Like most times, unless I need. Like if I have like 
two running backs, and that's it. Nobody else after. Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Kamara there. Okay, let's go. Uh, man, I, I Josh Jacobs, this, John. This is all like these are people that had these picks, and it's like, dude, this yeah. is the last piece of the puzzle. Is jo- is Josh yeah, Jacobs the guy to win it for you? I man, he has been up and down. Really frustrating right? year for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, um, probably going to move on from Jacobs and take the pick. As much as I hate to say that. How about your boy Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon is in a weird yeah, scenario, right? He is. As soon as Burrow went out, that usage on Joe on Joe Mixon was through the roof. You know, and we'll see the, the yeah. J- I like Jake having him Browning. on my continuing rosters. I really yeah. do. But I'm still probably gonna value I, mean, I really am gonna value that pick a little bit more than Joe Mixon. Snoog, let's scenario. move let's move over to the tight ends here. George Kittle. Ooh, I love me some Kittle. That's my most <laughs> that's my most owned dynasty tight end. If it's more than point, if it's like point seven five or full tight end premium, give me Kittle. Cole, uh, let's go, John. You ready? We're gonna go. Oh, where Trey McBride? Ooh, oh my gosh! It's There's like properly valued. I know that's what that's why I do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tight ends are elite uh, right now in dynasty. There's a I, lot I think of great ones. I think I'm probably going to go ahead and take Trey McBride because I know I'm missing out on Bowers, no question. Mm-hmm. And in tight end premium, I want him on a contending roster right now. And I'm good. This is just to see if I still like you guys. 111 or 112. It's a guaranteed championship pick. Josh Dobbs. <laughs> I own him in 14 of 17 dynasties, John. Oh my gosh. It's Josh Dobbs pick. season. I'll take the pick. Ah, come on. Give me the pick too, just so I can uh, if he gets the contract. Uh, hard take, uh, but That's I don't why. I don't know if he's gonna. This is I why I want Mung does. back. I like Mung better. <laughs> No, no, that's fun. The, and now one last player here that just keeps coming up, and I have I have the 108 everywhere. Just just say, is it 108 or Devontae Adams, Snoop? Adams. John. I'm sticking with Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams has started to get some chemistry here with Aiden O'Connell, where I think Jacoby yeah. Myers is, to- is toast. You know, yeah. I've moved him outside my top 40 dynasty wide receivers. But Adams still is obtainable. And I think in that 107, 108 range, you're still getting a guy yeah. that we're already talking about him getting traded to the Jets next the Jets, year. Reunion. Yes. We're already talking about happen. those things. So, you know, this Make was fun. Happen. I enjoyed talking with with both you guys, talking a little bit of rookies, talking a little bit of, you know, Thanksgiving, doing those things. Um, we always like to close. I want one guy that you think is right at that fringe first round pick value that you might be able to, you know, you would be willing to purchase that somebody else might not. We'll start with you, John. One guy that you're like, I got that 112. You know you're going to win. You're, you're win now, John. Who are you paying that 112 for? Mm. That's a really good one. I know. I put you on the spot. No, no, no. It's okay. Uh, I, I think that if I could get Saquon. That's who I was going to say. I'd go with I, that, that's yeah. one I would throw out there. He, I mean, I think with the Giants where they're at, people people are kind of getting a little low on the yeah. guy. I'm still paying like 108 just, for Saquon for sure. Yeah, he's averaging yeah. like 17 plus points per game. Tommy DeVito is you know six touchdowns in the last three weeks, baby. 
Danny's just the talent. The Danny's guy's son. so talented. But I think Snook. you could actually get down in a lot of weeks. So that's why I like I'm going it. To go Snook, down. you got the 112. You know it's going to be the 112. Who are you going for? Dad, before I even say who, who do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> it's Alvin Kamara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated one though, Austin Eckler. I do think people are starting to yeah, give up on him. But he has four 20 plus point games and out of seven this this year so far, coming off that that ankle injury. And a lot of running backs struggle with that ankle injury. And it's very there the re-injury pop is very possible with that type of injury, like a high ankle sprain. So give him credit. And I do think that the Chargers are gonna figure it out. They don't have their all-pro center, Corey Lindsley. He's out with a heart condition. They also don't have their starting right guard, so they have been having some struggles up front with running the ball because of their O-line has been banged up. But the receiving opportunity that he gets, and he scores a ton of touchdowns. Like He's already scored like five this year in like seven games. So I think he's a really good bet to bet on. I think his floor is like easy 15-plus points per game the rest of the season. Mine's Keenan Allen for sure. I am mm-hmm. buying him everywhere. Recently, I made a trade that I, I'm advocating for you guys to do is, you know, it's kind of like a reduced volatility trade, but I traded Garrett Wilson for Jonathan Taylor and Keenan Allen. You know, like if mm. you have, okay. you get that automatic Love production that. there. He is going to win you championships as, as long as Keenan Allen stays healthy. It's absolutely a given. Thanks again for tuning in guys and enjoy the process. Also, go by Brandon Ayuk.